You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. In the name of Jesus, amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Jesus, in this text from John 16, is continuing to teach His disciples that He is leaving But it is today that we consider where He is going. And this is especially fitting for us to consider on the edge of Ascension. That's Thursday is the day of the Ascension. And we'll celebrate it. We have a service Thursday night, 7 p.m. But remember that Jesus, and this is part of the point, Jesus in His Ascension does not just disappear. He does not just go away. He's not playing hide-and-go-seek. He goes to a place. He has a destination. Jesus, in His ascension, goes to the Father and sits down at the Father's right hand. Now, we consider more of what this means on Thursday, but now it's good to consider that there Jesus is at the Father's right hand and He brings, if you would, us there with Him so that as Jesus speaks to the Father, so do we. And this is prayer. In that day you will ask nothing of Me, says Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in My name, He will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in My name. Ask and you will receive in order that your joy would be full. So we consider prayer. Now the first thing, when we think about prayer, we should realize that prayer is a privilege. It is a great and a high honor that the Lord gives us the opportunity to pray. Now, I think, and I'm going to preach to myself for a little while, so if this does not apply to you, then you could simply ignore this. But I often think that, at least I'm tempted to think the exact opposite. Like, it's a privilege for God to hear my prayer. (laughs) Now, it sounds really kind of bad to say it that way, I know, but this is right. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. See, we consider our prayers to be a duty or a chore, something that God expects of us. It's like a child brushing their teeth. They don't want to do it, but mom and dad expect them to. And if they don't brush their teeth, mom and dad will be mad. So they go and brush their teeth, and then they come down and and show you. (laughs) And that's how we are with our prayers. I said my prayers, God, see? (laughs) Prayer is not like this. Prayer is a privilege. It is God giving you an audience. It's God promising to hear you. It's God asking you for your counsel. Remember Esther. She, she was the king's wife, one of the king's wives. And yet she was still afraid to go and speak to the king without an invitation. The punishment for that kind of thing could be death. So Esther says to Mordecai, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death, except to the one whom the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, says Esther, I have not been called to come into the king for these past 30 days. Think of that. Now, we might think of this, this the way that the king there of, uh, of Babylon, of Persia, treated his wives and treated his subjects as totally back, backwards, but I don't imagine it's much different now. I mean, imagine if you just showed up in the Oval Office without an invitation. 
I, I suspect that the Secret Service would treat you with the laws of the Medes and the Persians. <laughs> to stand in front of a ruler and make a petition is a unique privilege. There is nothing that would require God to hear our prayer. There is nothing that would require God to listen to us. There is nothing that would require Him to care. Certainly, we do not have any wisdom that He lacks. <laughs> we don't have any grand insight that He needs. And there is nothing about us and our sin there is nothing about us and our unholiness that would commend our speaking to His ears. But it is against this, our own unworthiness, that Jesus invites us to pray. He holds out the golden scepter like King Ahasuerus did to, to Esther. He wants us to talk to Him. He wants us to ask Him for things to tell Him what we need, and to let Him know what we desire. Now, the fact that the Lord does this, that He invites us to pray, I don't think makes prayer any less of a law. In fact, I think this then might in, uh, condemn us even more. We don't pray even when we, when we have to, and now we don't pray even when we get to. <laughs> I mean, either way, we're confessing our breaking the second commandment. For when, Jesus command, when God commands us, uh, do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, He teaches us that we should fear and love Him so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie or deceive by His name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. God invites us and commands us to pray, and yet our prayers falter. They are cold and lifeless. It is, I think, uniquely in our prayers that we see our pride and our despair. In fact, when we go and kneel down to pray, all of our idols begin to manifest themselves. We think that God ought to hear us because of how good we are, or we think that He doesn't hear us because of how bad things are. And instead of praying, we worry. Instead of asking God for the things that we need, we fret. And we consider prayers our last resort. You know, there's these texts in the Scriptures that, 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 that tell us that instead of worrying, we ought to pray. Uh, cast your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Or worry about nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. In fact, I, I suspect, and this would be a, a fantastic spiritual discipline for all of us to engage in, is that every time that we worry about something, that a worry crosses our mind about ourselves or about our neighbor or about our world or whatever it is, every time we worry, we would take that worry and we would turn it into a petition to God. In fact, how wonderful would this be if we could see those moments of worry as, as a prodding of the Holy Spirit reminding us that what we ought to do is pray. But we don't. And prayer sits on our list of last resorts. Is there anything that I can do for you? I'll ask people and they say, well, no, nothing, but you could pray. Prayer, perhaps, ought to be the first thing. But still, all through our neglect of prayer, we find Jesus 
especially in this text, but all through the gospel, we find Jesus urging us and even more kindly inviting us to pray. And in the text, he's doing it with this promise. He says, in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask. Ask, says Jesus. And you will receive that your joy may be full. Jesus is here adding to the promise of prayer. It's not only that He will hear us when we pray, but that He will answer us when we pray. Now, it's a curious thing that Jesus says, in that day you ask nothing of Me. And it is because Jesus is saying, everything we ask is in His name. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't pray to Jesus or we don't pray to the Holy Spirit for that matter. In fact, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are each persons of the Godhead, each God, and therefore we worship each and pray to each, to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. But this is the point that Jesus is making. He will be sitting right there next to the Father. And so He will carry our prayers to the Father. Remember, this is the example. Remember at the Last Supper when the disciples were gathered around the table and there Peter is sitting across the table and John is sitting right next to Jesus and Jesus announces that one of the disciples will betray him and so, G so Peter says to John, ask Jesus who it is. And so John can simply lean back and say to Jesus, who is it? This is how it is now with Jesus and the Father. Jesus is right there. Right at the Father's right hand. He has the Father's ears. So Jesus will bring our prayers to God. This is what it means to pray in His name. So we ask for something. Lord, give me a bite to eat. Help Alan feel better. Give faith to Chris. And the Holy Spirit takes that prayer. He dusts off all of your selfish motives. He carries that petition to Jesus. And Jesus takes those petitions and wraps them with His blood and gives them to the Father. And now the Father has your prayers, your petitions, but He has them perfect. He has them forgiven. He has them holy. He has them delightful. And He then goes about the business of answering them. Ask and you will receive if you ask in My name. And we can hardly imagine a more wonderful promise. Now it might take, and this is one of the difficulties of prayer, it might take a little while for the Lord to keep His promise. It seems that the Lord is never in the same hurry that we are in and it seems to me, and this is just my own experience, so take it or leave it, but it seems to me like the bigger hurry we're in, the less of a rush God is in. Do you know what I'm talking about? But still we pray. We pray. And we trust the promise that the Lord hears our prayer. And we'll answer them. And then we find, at the end of the promise that Jesus gives in this text, Something really quite incredible and unexpected. Jesus says this. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. <laughs> the goal and the end of all of this asking and all of this praying and all of this promising and all of the Lord's answering, the end and goal of all of this is your joy. That's what Jesus says. Ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. The Father, of all the things God the Father could be interested in, He is interested in your joy. 
and he's interested in it being full. Jesus is, if you can even believe it, interested in your joy and it being full. The Holy Spirit is interested in your joy and it being full. He wants your heart to be happy. He wants you to be content. And this is incredible. Everything that Jesus is doing, His coming and His going, His dying and His rising, His ascending to the Father and sitting at His right hand, all of this is done for you. For your joy. For a joy full, full of forgiveness. For a joy full of life. For a joy full of salvation. For a joy full of Jesus. So, dear saints, we pray. And we rejoice. We rejoice that the Father hears our prayers and He answers them. And we rejoice that Jesus prays for us. Just as He forgives us. And gives us life. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.